Chapter 7 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Piotr Nate. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells. The Naturalist. Night stole onwards, serene and brilliant. Innumerable stars scintillated with radiant gleams in the pure dark blue vault of the heavens, and spread over the wide ribbon of the Sertão road a soft and mystical clearness. By the position of the stars it should be nearly midnight. Nevertheless, at that dead hour, when only the wild animals of the desert wander in search of their food, two men were seen slowly wending their way along the main road, one on foot, and the other was mounted on a lean and travel-worn mule. The pedestrian appeared to be an attendant, for, with a formidable thick staff in hand, he was driving before him a long-eared baggage mule laden with a pile of boxes and trunks. The mounted traveller, with his body all of a heap, his legs extended, his feet stuck out, and his head drooping upon his chest, seemed to be buried in sleep or in some profound cogitation. A tall and slender man, he had a round face, very prominent gooseberry or goggle eyes, a small retroussé nose, and tawny hair, beard, and moustache. His outward garments were those usually worn by travellers in Brazil, that is, buff leather top boots, a loose cotton coat, and a broad-brimmed chilly straw hat with a brim turned down. But in addition to these commonplace necessaries, he carried, suspended to a belt slung across to his chest, some four or five little cases of glasses or special instruments of some kind, and in his hand a slender rod with a sack of thin, rose-colored gauze at one end. The attendant, a middle-aged mulatto, ordinary and stupid in physiognomy, seemed by the impatient way in which he alternately abused and thrashed his pack-animal to be by no means contented with the circumstances under which we have made his acquaintance. The little troop proceeded on its way in the order that we have indicated, the loaded mule in front, followed closely by the irritable driver, and finally by the absorbed or drowsy traveller on the lean and hungry steed. At last there happened an occasion when, in spite of strong and forcible expressions of language from the driver, the baggage mule appeared to wish to lodge a formal protest against the treatment that, so much beyond his customary hours of work, he now received and firmly planting his hoofs in the sand, he suddenly refused to proceed. This reluctance to further movement provoked a perfect shower of blows, the sounds of which, mingled with the cries of the attendant, echoed far away. During some few moments the rider, who had now halted his mule, waited patiently, hoping that the pack-animal would be convinced of its folly and proceed on its way. "'Rookie,' at last he said in broken Portuguese, and with a strong guttural accent which denoted his Teutonic origin. If a cudgeling falls on your back like that, you love it, eh? The man to whom had been given the name of Juki, a familiar corruption of José, turned hastily to the speaker and shouted, Look, you mochu, this is a bicho without any shame, and ought to die under a cudgel. This life does not suit me, I... But Juki, replied the German with unalterable calmness, who knows but what the cargo is wounding the poor creature? Nonsense, cried out the man. It is only the obstinacy of the beast. 
I know this old good-for-nothing. And raising his staff, he delivered such a terrific blow on the hindquarters of the animal that it snorted with pain. Juki, observed the other in the same monotone of voice, who knows but what in front of him there is some fallen tree or a rock that will not allow him to go on. Rock, Mochu? A hammering on the head until it splits is what this thief wants. See, Juki, insisted the German. Oh, Mochu. Still, see. The man went grumbling from behind his animal. In front of it he soon chanced to tread upon the broken branch that Pereira had placed on the ground as a signal to the attendants of Sirino to there leave the main road. What? he exclaimed in great surprise. Someone has been here and made a sign not to go on ahead. Did I not tell you? replied the horseman in a somewhat triumphant voice. Donkeys have reason. There must be some obstacle further on. But in the town contested jose did they not say that the road always leads straight on without any one interruption they said that in the town confirmed the other well then well then retorted the german some seconds of silence ensued presently broken by the horseman observing with the same imperturbable serenity and as though he was finding an explanation extremely natural in the town many people not know road and may a thousand million of diablos interrupted the man and shouting aloud seize those who have the liking to thus wander through these woods of inferno for so many wasted hours true enough said i to mochu nobody travels like this this is a real calamity a plague juki interrupted the master in his turn is to howl like a condemned soul the way to get ahead rather look you and see if about here there is not some by-road the other obeyed, and without difficulty found the lane leading to the abode of Pereira. "'Here it is, Mochu, here it is,' he joyfully announced. "'Here is a trail that leaves the road and leads to some house close by.' Suddenly altering his tone, he observed in a sad voice, "'Close by. It may be a good league before we get there.' "'Ah, I know tell you,' responded the German. "'Now drive the mule slowly, for he will go like the wind.' and really the poor mule seemed to be quite gratified with the victory its animal intelligence had obtained, for it proceeded along the new route with vigorous paces. The true reason of its satisfaction was that it had been so long a time since the poor beast quenched its thirst that, obstinate and crafty as are usually those of its species, its keen senses had been irresistibly attracted by the sand and sound of the rippling water of the stream where the animals of Serino and Pereira had refreshed themselves. End of chapter 7